Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. We're so glad that you're with us today, and the reason we start the class off like that. Um, it's important that you don't just believe something is possible for somebody somewhere. It needs to become personal. It's not, it's not enough. You know, there are people in the world that believe God exists and are lost. There are people in the world that believe that Jesus uh, is the Son of God and that He came to earth and died on the cross and are lost. You say, what? Yeah, because they've never received him as their Lord. As their, they've never confessed him as their Lord. And whatever you confess the Lord to be to you, he has a right to be that to you. And that's why we start off saying, my spirit is fed. Did you hear? Not just it's possible somebody's spirit could be fed. My spirit. Go ahead and say it out loud again. My spirit, my spirit is, being fed. is being fed. My faith, my faith is, growing stronger. is growing stronger. I'm learning how, I'm learning how to, be an overcomer to be an overcomer in God. In God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you hear that? That's specific. You're, and the Lord has a right. He, he is the apostle and high priest of our confession of what we say. He works with what we say. And so that's why we do that. And that's why you want to make confessions, not just at the front of the class here, but all through your life at all different points where it matters and where uh, you'll be prompted if you'll pay attention. The Spirit of God will prompt you, you need to say something about this. And you'll need to say it uh, very specific and very personal and use I and me <laughs> and my and confess that the Lord is what He said He is in the Word. He is that to you, and you receive it that way. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and let's learn some more about this today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, and we do confess that the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and these things are happening in and for us, and we pursue you, and we seek your face, and we ask for your help and answers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again. We've been talking about, in a series that we call Overcoming Unbelief. Now, if you're just joining us for the first time, we're well into this series, and there are several previous series to this leading up to it. Uh, if you want to get the rest of it, and I believe it would help you to do so, go to faithschool.org and the series will be listed there, and there's no charge, no cost at all, and you can take, take your time and, and go through them, 
And the Word of God has a, a pounding, a building, displacing effect in you. you uh, you've seen perhaps you maybe drank some milk out of a glass and, and still had some milk in it and you put it in the sink bottom and turned the faucet on and water came into the, uh, the glass. Well, initially, when the water comes in, there's a mixture of milk and water. But if you just leave the tap running, after a while, it's what? It's uh, less milk, yes. right? Yes. And more water. And, and after a while, it's, uh, it's, it's almost all water, yes. right? And then after a while, it's what? There's no milk left. Is that right? The milk has been displaced. It's been pushed out by the incoming clear, fresh water. Well, God's word is like that. And it will, if you'll feed on it, whatever fear and doubt and junk that's gotten in you, and sometimes this stuff goes back to childhood even, but if you'll just keep putting the word of God in you, initially... It's displacing some of it, but some of it's still there. And if you just keep feeding and feeding and feeding, there's not much left. And if you just keep feeding, that's how you get to the place where it's not just little faith, it's great faith. Hallelujah. Your faith has become strong and you have gotten rid of the fear. You've gotten the fear and doubt out. Hallelujah. But that won't happen just by accident. And it won't happen by just praying and begging for it to happen. It happens by what we're talking about, feeding, putting it in you, putting the Word of God in, feeding it, watching it, listening to it. And now, I'm not just talking about just any preaching now, because some preaching is absolutely unbelief. And some preaching is just social reform and, and, and social ideas, and it's not the Word of God. I'm talking about the Word, the Word. But the Word will push the fear and doubt out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just leave you with fresh, clear faith. <laughs> Anybody like that idea? And so that's, that's why I'm talking about, you know, you, you say, well, I, this session will be over in a few minutes. Yeah, but there's hundreds more that you can go watch and listen to available at no charge, if you will. And around here we say uh, no charge means no excuse. Is that right? You can't say I couldn't afford it. So, so go get it. He had said in Hebrews 3 that if you, today if you'll hear his voice in verse 7, don't harden your hearts like they did in the provocation. Verse uh, 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation and said they always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. God is not a, an impersonal, impersonal unknowable force. He's a person and he's knowable. Actually, he's a lot like us. <laughs> now, some folks don't like that. They're like, God's the, well, hold on. Are we, are we, or are we not made in his likeness and image? Yes, then that means we're a lot like him. Mm-hmm. Now, see, it doesn't work to say this chair is a lot like this chair. But this chair is nothing like this chair. That doesn't work. If we're a lot like him, guess what? He's, oh, y'all don't even want to say it, do you? If we're a lot like him, 
He has to be something like us. Minus the perversions. (laughs) And junk that have resulted since the sin and the curse. But what I mean by that is we have feelings. We have emotions. uh, We have the capacity to love, hate, be mad, sad, glad. We got all that from him. And we are knowable entities. Well, he is. God the Father is knowable. Jesus is knowable. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a power. And he's knowable. You can learn God's ways. His ways. The scripture said that the Israelites, they saw God's works. They saw his acts. But Moses knew his ways. Don't you want to learn his ways? Not just see some things he's done and scratch your head and have no clue (laughs) as to why it happened. So everybody said out loud, Father God, I believe in you. I want to know you better. I want to know you and your will and your ways and your plan. I seek this. I seek your face. I seek to know you. Thank you for revealing yourself to me. Amen. Now, if you meant that, he takes it seriously too. And he will begin to show you things about himself that you didn't see and know. One important thing to understand, though, is you don't learn about him only by revelation, and that is him just showing you something. A lot of the revelation comes by doing. Hmm? Kind of like, you know, driving a car. Or, uh, you know, uh, I'm a pilot, so flying a plane or uh, driving a boat, whatever the case might be. I know when I first started learning how to fly a certain model of plane, uh, they required you to be in school for uh, weeks just studying the book and then taking tests. Well, I did that and I made a good grade on on the uh, test. But uh, then you get in the simulator and now... Uh, you start, you're supposed to apply what you learned in the book. And they throw some problems at you. And so now you get in the sim and the light starts blinking and the horn goes off and things are not working. And you're like, man, this ain't like the book. You know I mean? This, I mean, I was sitting there in air-conditioned comfort and turning the page in the book. Well, that's exactly that way. You can come to church and bring your Bible and take a note and you can learn some things about God. That don't mean you know God. Huh? You can learn a couple of things, but it's in life when you're applying these truths, when you're walking these things out by faith and you experience him in these situations, that's when you really get to know him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every day and every night of your life, uh, you, we're supposed to be interacting with his spirit and learning him personally. And after a while, You'll you'll grow to where before you even know the details about a thing, you'll sense, that's not God. That's not God. Can't be. It's it's in disagreement with who I've gotten to know. 
Exactly. Right? Yeah. After all, all these years. And it's not in agreement with his word. And so it can't be in agreement with his spirit. Or on the other side, uh, even if it sounds new to your head, you can think, well, that's him. That's, that's the same spirit. Hallelujah. That's the same one I've been dealing with. I, I've been uh, privileged to uh, travel some and minister in some other parts of the world. And it's interesting, you know, cultures are different. Language is different. Uh, practices are different. And so uh, sometimes it's easy to get to thinking that the way you do things at your place is the way. <laughs> now you're laughing, but I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. You get used to your ways of doing things. Not realizing that a lot of it, lot of it is just your ways. And there's been some times when I've been in other places, churches and meetings, what have you, and some things begin to happen. And just me looking and listening, I'm thinking, ah, this, ee, I don't know about this. You know, I'm not saying anything. I'm a guest, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I, that don't seem like God to me, you know. And then I closed my eyes and I thought, now hold on. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the same Holy Spirit. I know about, and I open my eyes and I go, really? Can it be? <laughs> Is God knowable? Yes. He's knowable. His spirit is knowable. Amen. Amen. And so that's what he said. He said they, they always made the wrong choice and erred in their heart. They always went away from me and they never got to know me. And it's not because he, he, he was hiding himself from them. It's because they didn't want to know him. And that is the sad reality that billions on this planet right now, they don't want to know him. It's not just a matter of ignorance. Billions on this planet, they have seen some things about him. And if they had, even if it was just a glimpse, a tiny glimpse of the one true God, if they had said, yeah, I believe it, I want to know more, <laughs> God would have revealed more to them. Amen. And he, he would have led them step by step into full salvation in Jesus. But many, they don't want to know. No, nah, they don't care about that. They're not interested in that. They don't want to know. You know, Jesus said when he came to earth, he talked about the religious leaders of his people. He said, they have seen and hated both me and my father. Now, these are people who claimed to know God. They spent their whole lives studying the scriptures. And when God is manifested in the flesh right in front of them, they don't like him. They don't like him. They don't know him. Is it possible to know scriptures and not know God? Yes, yes it is. Is it possible to be religious, very religious, and not know God at all? Yes. yes. And that's what has put a lot of people off of some church and some groups because they, it just don't seem right to them, you know, and it seems hard and uncaring and, and whatever kind of thing and judgmental and, and, and they're right. They're right. A lot of religious stuff is absolutely not God. It's not Him. But you can know Him. 
regardless of what other people do. You can't make choices for everybody. And there's a lot of people who will see and know something about the Lord, and they don't want it. They don't want to hear anymore. They don't want to know anymore. And, and it's, it's frustrating when it's your own relatives or your neighbors or your co-workers, and you care about them, and you want to see them saved, and you want to see them right. But they look at you and go, you know, quit talking to me about that. I don't want to hear that anymore. Well, that's time for you to be quiet. Are y'all listening, class? It's time. Why? Because sometimes you keep bringing something up when people don't want to hear it. It actually, like they said, they harden their heart. They're callousing themselves. You don't want them to get harder. And if they don't want to listen to you, realize God has other people. Is that right? He can use. And so you back off. You be quiet. Just be a friend. Be nice. And say, Lord, Pray, say, Lord, send, send other laborers across their path. There's somebody they'll listen to. Send laborers across their path. And as long as there's breath, there's hope. He'll, he'll keep doing this. So he said, uh, they haven't known my ways. And verse 12, he said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 15, while it said today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Go to uh, Numbers then, 16 again. We have studied one by one these first 10 events where we see these individuals doing this. It was a big group, some 2 million people that God brought out of Egyptian slavery. And um, they had seen the signs and wonders of God in Egypt, but they, they didn't understand God. They didn't learn His ways. They didn't believe that He meant what He said about taking them to the promised land. They, they weren't convinced that He was bigger than the giants and the walled cities. And they just, they, they never got rid of the fear. And they never got free from that bondage mentality. They, uh, Every time something came up, some kind of challenge, they want to turn around and go back to Egypt. And instead of moving forward and trusting God. And why are we studying this? Because the New Testament warns us, don't let this happen to you. This, is, this kind of thing is happening to millions today right now in our generation. It's, it's easier on the flesh to pull back and to look back, and to play it safe, and to do what's easy and takes no effort. Um, hold your place there in Numbers, and look in Hebrews again. I should have had you look while we were there, but uh, Numbers, excuse me, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, before we look there. From the very beginning of their exodus, and their trek across the wilderness, it was supposed to be a relatively short trip straight across the wilderness to Canaan land. But they kept failing tests. They kept choosing to doubt. And uh, at the very first one at the Red Sea, when Pharaoh came to, to get them, and his plan, Pharaoh's plan was to kill a bunch of them. And then take the rest of them as slaves back to Egypt. And 
when they saw Pharaoh and his armies coming and the Red Sea's in front of them and they, they, they're stuck, they cried out and panicked and blamed Moses and said, isn't this what we told you to leave us alone and let us stay in Egypt? And, and they looked back. And that was one of the first big tests that they failed. Did they have to do that? Was there another response that they could have had? What could, what could they have done other than panicking and blaming and looking back? Could they have said, God's got us this far. <laughs> Come on, class. What are we talking? We're talking about the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Unbelief looks back. What does faith do? Huh? Faith looks ahead. Faith looks up. Faith looks forward. Faith is ready to take that step of faith and move forward. Could they have said, remember what God did in all those signs and wonders? No, we're going to trust God. What do we do now, Lord? <laughs> Show us we're counting on you. They, they didn't have to know everything if they would just have given him some kind of confidence. Some kind of thankfulness. Right? You know, just, just be reasonable a little bit. Did God bring you out here? Did he go through all of that to kill you? Right here, I mean, he could have done that in Egypt, right? I mean, <laughs> that makes no sense. What, why, why would he do that? But unbelief makes you dumb. Uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 35, he said, Cast not away your confidence. Confidence is another word for faith. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. They came out with a high hand. I mean, nobody thought the Israelites were leaving Egypt. Nobody around there thought that. I mean, they'd been slaves there, or they'd been there for 430 years, and for a large part of that time, they had been slaves. And when God brought them out, people were handing them money. <laughs> they, uh, they were healed. God healed their bodies. And I mean, they marched out of there like they were somebody. Everybody got out of their way. <laughs> Nobody would have ever thought they could have just, those two million uh, Israelites could have just walked out of there. Nobody would have thought that. And man... You know, confidence must have been brimming. Huh? I'm not somebody's property anymore. I'm healed. I got money in my pocket. I'm on my way to the promised land. Step back. Step aside. Here we coming through. <laughs> but they only made it just a little ways to the Red Sea. And uh-oh, and here comes Pharaoh. And there's the Red Sea. And they threw their confidence away. Can you see this? The confidence of, yeah, we're on our way. We're going to the promised land. Hallelujah. Lost, just lost it. Because of what they saw and heard. They got scared and cast away, threw away their confidence. Do you understand the enemy is always trying to rob you of your confidence? Always 
trying to discourage you and steal your confidence from you. If you fellowship with the Lord and his people, uh, God will put confidence in you. He'll give you vision. He'll show you something. You'll get all stirred up and you go, we're going somewhere. Oh yeah, God's doing something. We're going somewhere. Something's happening. God's got a plan. And you'll be, you'll be stirred up. You'll be excited about it. You'll be confident. And as sure as that happens, the enemy can't stand it. He can't stand it. He will come and he'll try to show you something else and show you, oh, you just got excited for no reason. That's stupid. That ain't, that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. Look what's wrong with you. And what, what he's trying to do, put your hands up here. What he's trying to do is take your confidence away from you. He's trying to pull it away from you and get you, turn loose that confidence. You're not going anywhere. Nothing's happening. Sit down and shut up. Nothing's going on with you. And you've got to resist him. You've got to say, uh-uh, no, I'm holding on to my confidence. Amen. Is that right? Yes. I am, come on, say it out loud, class. I'm keeping, I'm keeping. My, confidence. my confidence. What What confidence? Your confidence in your God, your confidence in what he told you, your confidence that what he has said, his plan for you is happening, yes. is coming to pass, will come to pass, no matter how impossible it seems. He said, don't cast away, cast not away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. Does it pay off? Does it pay big to keep your confidence, to hold on to your confidence in God? He says, you have need of patience. Things don't always happen by the end of the day or by the end of the week or by the end of the month, right? You have need of patience. You have need of perseverance that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, verse 38, the just shall live by what? Faith. Faith. Do you see, is he talking about the same thing he's talking about with confidence? Yeah, see, confidence is a faith word. Uh, keeping your confidence and living by faith, saying the same thing. But if any man do what? Draw back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Faith pleases God. Pulling back, drawing back, looking back, wanting to go back is not faith. And it displeases him. He said, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but we are them that believe to the saving of the soul. You will be tempted to quit, to lay down, to take the easy way, the no confrontation way, and to lay your dream aside and go, I don't know what I was thinking. I got all worked up. I went over to that meeting and heard that wild preacher and I just, I don't know. Uh, you know, I got to come back to the real world here. No, no, the devil's trying to steal from you. That preacher didn't give you that dream and that vision and confidence. That was the Holy Spirit. That was God himself ministering to you, helping you. Is that right? And you've got to put a bare hold grip on that. Is that right? And say, nobody's getting my confidence. Come on, say it out loud. Nobody is getting my confidence. Nobody. Nobody. Hallelujah. Hold fast, he said. Hold fast your confidence. It has great payoff, great recompense of reward. 
Hallelujah. And our time's up again. Said out loud, I live. By faith, I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's it for today. Come back tomorrow. There's more to see here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.